Welcome to The Shaleen Show. Shaleen is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shaleen Show. First, if I can just say thank you so much to all of you for the support I received after my last podcast episode. I don't even remember the title of it, something about what to do when you want to pinch someone's head off, which is kind of a funny, kitschy title. But for those of you who listen to it, you know that about 20, 30 minutes into that rather long episode, I shared a very, very personal story about myself and my husband. And it was emotional and I cried. And I guess I didn't know I was going to share that. I mean, I did, but I didn't know I was going to get so emotional about it. And so thank you. For those of you who left me a review and you said that was one of your absolute favorite episodes and it means the world to me. So thank you so much for your support. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for listening. And I thought I would follow that episode up with this episode about personal policies and business policies. I love you guys. Thanks so much for always being there. And off to the show. Today, I want to talk to you guys about kind of a a follow up to the episode that I did on what to do when you want to pinch someone's head off. Because in that episode, I talked about how you deal with that when it's someone you work with. And I've also talked to you in that episode about how to employ those techniques that I shared when it's someone that you love, like your boyfriend or girlfriend or your husband or your wife. And I I shared some really, really personal stories between Brett and I on that episode. It was my last episode of The Shaleen Show. And one thing that came from that experience, and it's something that we had done kind of in the past, was to create policies. So I want to um, share with you how important it is for all of us to have policies in our businesses. Have you ever worked at a place that was so big, like was such a huge organization that there were so many policies and procedures, it was like ridiculous, like people couldn't be creative, People were so afraid to break policy or procedure that it was very stifling. And there were so many policies and procedures that everyone would say, why do we do this? And other people would say, I don't know. We just always have, right? Yeah. (laughs) It seems like the bigger the company, the more policies and procedures it has. And as frustrating as that is, you have to admit, if you look at it from a standpoint of common sense, It's just because the more people you have, the more likely the chances are you've got some crazy people in that organization who are going to ruin it for the rest of us. So the bigger the organization, the more policies and procedures that are needed. Most policies and procedures aren't developed until there's like a problem or a miscommunication or people just realize we need a stance on this. But if you think about it, policies and procedures For any of you who have ever worked in a franchise or have bought a franchise or considered buying a franchise, that's one of the most valuable things that you're investing in is their proven policies and procedures because policies and procedures are a recipe for success. So one thing that franchise organizations do or businesses when you sell a business one of the most important things you'll need to review with a company who's acquiring you, and Brett and I did this with Beachbody when they bought our businesses, we sold, Brett and I sold our companies, Powder Blue Productions, which is a certification company, certifying fitness instructors across the globe, a fitness apparel company, and a motivational fitness camp. 
And we sold those entities. And when we did, one of the valuable assets of the business is your policies and procedures because you figured things out. You figured out what works and what doesn't work and it's been spelled out and that's really valuable because as a business owner, it takes years to figure out what works and what doesn't work and what helps you to be successful. So policies and procedures allow you to have a recipe for success. They also help you to improve communication, expectation. They give people a sense of security, like they know what's expected and what they can expect. And hopefully most policies and procedures are set up so that everyone has the same best interest at heart. They also tend to provide accountability and a sense of security for people. It basically is spelling things out so everyone's on the same page. And we recognize this as being necessary in business. While we would all probably agree, sometimes it's like, okay, do we really need a policy for this? Do we really need a procedure for this? Can I tell you a procedure and policy which I would really like for all medical companies to do away with? Why do I have to fill out the same damn forms every time I come? Why? I just, come on. Haven't I filled this out 700 times? I just did this. I just came back from having a mammogram. Boys, you don't even understand what it's like to have your boob smushed between two pieces of plexiglass. It's so awkward. And you're just trying to pretend like, mm-hmm, ain't no big deal. Ain't no big deal. Smush my boob. It ain't no big deal. Like, it's so weird. Anyway, so I just left the doctor's office. And, you know, I come every year for my annual mammogram. My address hasn't changed. My insurance hasn't changed. My date of birth hasn't changed. None of my medical history has changed. But I have to fill this out again, again, and again. Anyways, that's a policy and procedure. It's like, couldn't we just find a better way to do this? Policies and procedures are one of the reasons why I believe Brett and I have better communication now after 21 years of marriage than we ever have, number one. And number two, it gives us peace of mind. It gives our children peace of mind. And thirdly, it helps us to live a life as we've designed it and not worry about what other people think. So I wanna share with you some things that I think you should do in your relationship as it relates to personal policies. So I think you should have personal policies as a couple. And I think that you should have personal policies as an individual. And it's really important that you make your personal policies known. We work from our home, Brett and I. And so oftentimes our staff is here with us sometimes. Like they have an office too that we have, but Brett and I never go there. We always have them come here with us. If we're gonna collaborate, we have everybody at the office come here to the house. But our rule is at 3 p.m., because that's when the kids used to get out of school. Now Brock gets out early because he's a senior. I don't even know if he's going to school, to be honest. I think he got his grades. He got his scholarship to Georgetown, and I don't know what he's doing now. I really don't. Kids coming in all hours of the day. I'm like, are you in school? Anyways, it used to be, though, that they came home at 3 p.m., and so we've kept that policy in place that the house is empty at 3 p.m. Work stops at 3 p.m., and everybody leaves. That's one of our personal policies. So we have lots of personal policies that kind of transfer over into our business. One thing that we try to do is to think about what it is we wanna feel. And because of what it is we wanna feel, we know by saying yes to certain things, it's not going to allow us to feel that way. You often feel frazzled, overwhelmed, 
under pressure when you have projects that line up back to back to back to back. Even if it's like, well, I've got the time. I don't have anything scheduled that day. I don't have anything scheduled that week. But if you just schedule your month with that in mind and you take on things as they come and you don't have a personal policy, then you will just keep scheduling things on top of things because you're not doing anything that day or that week. Well, we have a personal policy. We have one project per month. That's it. And we only travel usually only once per month and only if I can do it during week so I don't have to miss anything for the kids on the weekend. We have a personal policy that I don't speak for other speakers or at other events unless it meets this kind of pretty ridiculously crazy criteria of which a very small amount of that is the actual fee, you know? So you won't see me going to this event or that event or speaking for that person or that person. I just don't because I don't wanna leave. And it's tempting, it strokes my ego to be invited to do this or that, but we have such a very specific criteria that I don't do it. So really the only time you'll ever see me speaking on someone's stage, there's like three people who I'll speak for and it's because I really like who they are. I really, really, really like them. And I like their audience. I like the people who they serve and so it feels right. Other than that, you won't see me speak on other people's stages. Doesn't matter what the opportunity is or what they're willing to pay, which is nice, but you know, we have to have a policy. At some point you have to have a policy. Right. Otherwise, people can tug at your heartstrings and they can say, well, I know how you feel about kids or I know how you love to give back to the community. And I know that you'll say yes to this because you blah, 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 blah. And they can just guilt you into it. Right. And then before you know it, you don't have policies that protect your family and or your business. So we think that it's really important that you establish policies that are based on what it is you want to feel and then take a look at things that you might say yes to that wouldn't allow you to feel that. Another thing that we think is really important is to base most of our policies around what's most important to us, which is our kids. So we have policies for our kids and they've changed at each age of their development. When they were little, they weren't allowed to have sleepovers at a friend's home unless we had such a close relationship with those parents that we knew who was in the house, what relatives might stop by, who lived next door, what the sleeping arrangement was, what their drinking habits were, um, where their computers were located, everything. Like if we didn't have that kind of a relationship with those people in a relationship, not like just a checklist, but if we didn't have that kind of relationship with them, their kids were welcome to spend the night at our house, but our kids weren't going over there. I can't tell you how many times I would go to pick my kids up after school and some other like little kid would run to the car and my kids would be like, mom, um, Julia is gonna spend the night. I'd be like, okay, where's Julia's mom? And they'd be like, oh, her mom's gonna drop off clothes later. I'm like, I'm fine, I'll take this kid home. But like, who are these people who send their kids off with strangers? What's wrong with you people? Get some policies, please. Cause you know what? Those are the kids who end up getting hurt because the Johnsons are nice, but not everybody is. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But to be honest, it's usually parents who are so preoccupied with themselves, they can't trouble themselves with investing in their kids, friends, parents, enough to figure out what's going on over there. We have lots of personal policies. We have policies regarding what is your website? What is it that you would like? And I'll tell you which website to go to. I have lots of them. 
Let me share with you some that are specific to our relationship, Brett and I. Number one, we are married. We don't go to bachelorette or bachelor parties, period. Makes me feel better. I'm sure you and your friends are just going to have a nice time golfing, but I don't know the best man who's planning the bachelor party. And I don't know if he's going to have strippers show up at the whatever before you guys go golfing. So no. And if that were a point of contention that we would talk about it, but Brett's like, I don't care. I don't want to go to those parties anyways. I'm like, good. And I don't need to go to bachelorette parties. We have a personal policy that we don't spend time with someone of the opposite sex unless the other person's there or there's somebody else there to accompany us. Our business partner, Kevin, he's married. He's a very, very, very close friend of ours. We spend a ton of time with him, but I don't spend time with him. He and I one-on-one without anyone else there because we are both heterosexuals and we're of the opposite sex. And the same is true of Brett. He doesn't go someplace just one-on-one just with Lauren, who's our vice president. And you know why that rule is? It's not because I don't trust Brett and it's not because Brett doesn't trust me. It's because we are human. And the more you put yourself in situations where you can sin, or you can be tempted, the more temptations you have around you, the higher the likelihood that something could go wrong, number one. But more importantly, when you are a partner and you're putting yourself in a position that the other person has to trust you, why are you doing that to them? Like, why would I put Brett in a position where he has to rely on trusting me? Like, if I don't have to do it, why would I even put him in a position where he has to trust me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to do it. So why go there? We have policies about parties too. We pretty much know that both of us don't like going to parties. So when someone invites us to a party, we know that our personal policy is, I think we've got something going on, but I'll check with my wife. And I say, I'm pretty sure we have something going on, but uh, I can't think of my schedule right now. So thanks for thinking of us. I'll, I'll check our schedule. I'll get back to you. We have a personal policy that when it comes to the weekends, we just don't book work. We just don't, you know? And that's difficult sometimes because many of the people that we do work with tend to become really close friends. And so then it's like tempting to let that all roll into like the weekends too. But our weekends, everything revolves around the kids first. And that is true across the board. That's a personal policy that it has transferred over to our professional and our business world. So when we negotiate a contract with anyone, that's one of the first things we have to tell them is that we won't be traveling on the weekends. We won't be doing appearances on the weekends. We won't be doing events on the weekends. And if that's a point of contention, well, then we negotiate it. I think I have to do with my very biggest contract of which most of you know what that is. I think I have to do two weekends, but all the other trainers in my position work every weekend pretty much. And that's maybe okay with them. But for me, it's okay for the person I'm negotiating with. I'm okay if while I'm negotiating with them, they are to say, well, then we're not interested in this relationship or we can't offer you a contract. Well, then I understand. Yeah, then I understand. And we won't compromise a policy due to money. What about friendships, male and female friendships? If you're both heterosexual, the answer is no. No, you can get what you need from a friend of the same sex. You don't need to put your partner, I think it's disrespectful and I don't think it's safe and I don't think it's advisable. And that's my personal policy. That is an absolute no. 
You can be friends with that person as long as Shaleen's there with you. I can be friends with Lewis Howes as long as Brett's a part of that relationship. That means that we have access to each other's phones at any time. We can see each other's messages at any time. We share conversations. And if Lewis or, you know, Kevin or Brandon Burchard or, you know, one of my other friends who's heterosexual were to say, hey, Shaleen, let's go grab a bite. And I want to talk to you about this great business idea. They know I'm going to say that's awesome, but Brett's not available tonight. When can we schedule it? And that's just how it goes. And that works for us. I'm not saying that has to work for everybody, but we have a personal policy. What about if you have gay friends? Hell yeah. Oh my gosh, hell yeah. Like that's absolutely because, you know, now we're not talking about worrying that there might be a temptation. They're not interested in you. My gay boyfriends are sometimes more rewarding for me to spend time with than my girlfriends, right? They're like funnier and such. So I just think it's really important that you talk about these things in advance and you have to figure out and they really need to be talked about because otherwise I didn't know, but you assume that they did know. And so then when your partner does something that you're like, why are they doing that? It feels very intentional and it feels sometimes even passive aggressive when the truth of the matter may be, you just haven't talked about it. Policies are really important because you need the recipe for success. You know, and a lot of the policies that we've established are based on watching our parents and what they've done and things that they don't do. And so I think if you look at the most successful couples, how do you define a successful couple? Married for a long time, respectful of each other. They're comfortable to be around. You can tell they really lift each other up, that they look at each other with love and adoration. You can tell that they're very close. You can tell that they think the world of their partner. That to me is a successful couple, right? I don't think just because someone's been married for 20 years, that makes them a successful couple. I've gone out to dinner with couples where I'm like, this is so painfully uncomfortable. Would you two please quit putting each other down? I'm uncomfortable for you. And this is not helpful. Like this is bad. So I'm not gonna take any policies from them, right? But I I look at successful couples, couples who really are making the other partner better. And I look at what policies and what things that they do as a practice. And those are really important things for us to consider, Brett and I, as a couple. And someone I think asked, have you changed policies throughout the course of your marriage? We have, and there's been things where we've you know, maybe we didn't have a policy there and then something will happen and maybe Brett will go, you know, that really kind of made me uncomfortable. This has happened where, you know, he'll say that really kind of made me uncomfortable and I know this is going to come up again. So I just want you to know it made me feel uncomfortable. And then we'll go back and talk about it and say, well, would this be comfortable? Would this feel okay? And then we'll come up with something that makes both of us feel comfortable. And that's what it's about. It's about respecting your partner. And it's expectations. The same is true if you're going to work for an organization. You want to know what the policies are. And someone asked, are these policies written down? The only time they have been written down for Brett and I as a couple is when like there was a big fight or an argument and we needed like assurance from each other. Like I knew it was going to be hard for me to keep up my end of the bargain and he knew it was going to be hard for him to keep up his end of the bargain and we would put it in writing just to you know, kind of solidify it for both of us. And I don't even know if we've ever pulled those pieces of paper back out, but I can think to myself right now, I know where they are. But for the most part, it's just really important to discuss them and not to discuss them like this. Well, 
I'll tell you what, you're not going to be doing anymore. You know what you're not going to be doing? Like, that's not a policy. That's a dictatorship. It's simply saying, you know, when you do this, it makes me feel kind of blah, blah, blah. Do you think there's another way we could handle it? That's all. And then you come up with a solution. Someone just asked if I get hit on all the time. I never get hit on and I never have. I never have and here's why. I don't give off the I'm available vibe. I don't give off the I'm interested in you vibe. I give off the opposite. And I have seen, don't take this the wrong way, I've seen really unattractive, let themselves go, overweight women just have men falling all over them in the presence of their really hot girlfriend. And I know why. It's vibe. It's vibe. That's what it is. You know, they say if two addicts walk into a room of a hundred people, those two addicts will find each other. They'll find each other, right? Because there's a vibe that you give off. And the vibe that I give off is I'm committed to my husband. I don't need your attention. I don't need you looking at me in a sexual way. And I will probably chop you down at the knees. So that's my vibe. I swear to God, I can think of the one time I got hit on, like hit on, you know what I mean? Like sure people would be like, hello, hello, how are you? Like, and even when that happens, sometimes I'm like, I'm fine and I'm married. Why? You know what I mean? Like I'm so... My bitch meter goes like way through the roof. Some of like, you are a man and you are clearly heterosexual and you asked me how my day is going. It's fine and I'm married. What do you, why? What do you want to know? You know, I'm very mean. But I remember I was standing in line at like, oh, at Wahoo's and my kids were with me and there was a man like standing next to me. He kept doing this, uh, you know, that whole thing. And I'm like, put up my bitch meter right away. I was like, you know, I just put it right up. And I'm here with my kids, dude. And I got my ring on, dude. Right. But there are people who don't care. That's like part of the conquest. And he just kept like looking at me, looking at me. Finally, he's like, you know, did the like, I just have to tell you, you're very beautiful. And I was like, I just have to ask, do you have a vomit bag? That's so gross. I was like, <laughs> like, I'm sure I probably made him feel so bad, but it was so weird and awkward. And he's like, I just have to tell you like in front of my kids. And then my son was so mad. He was like nine at the time. I remember he talked about it for like weeks. It upset him. It upset him that somebody would hit on his mom, you know? So yeah, I never get hit on poor kid. I even had a conversation with my kids that day about vibe and how certain people give off the vibe. Now, listen, if you're single, by all means, give off that vibe, give off that vibe. But if you're married, Why do you need that attention? Why do you need confirmation that you're attractive? I don't. Women who need confirmation are not getting it from their hobbies. Well, that may be true in some instances, but I think there's lots of men and women who are getting it from their spouses, but it doesn't matter who they're getting it from, it'll never be enough, right? It'll never be enough. So they're looking for it from strangers. They're the people who need to be on TV. They're the people who need people to know who they are. They're the people who need constant affirmation, confirmation from others. And as much as they get it, it will never be enough because they don't have it from themselves. So it's difficult to say, well, it's because her husband wasn't paying attention to her or his wife wasn't giving him the affection that he needed. I disagree although that can sometimes contribute, but the emptiness stems from inside. Yes, you have to love yourself. We think it's very important as a couple to establish personal policies. 
We have a lot of personal policies that have evolved as our vision for what it is we want for our lives has evolved. And most of our policies are based on what it is we want to feel and how important it is for us to maintain that feeling of peace and calm. And so we're constantly going, okay, every time we both feel like a sense of like urgency or like things gets, cause it's not like it's always going to be smooth sailing, but there are times when we do feel rattled or stressed or under the gun, or one person feels uncomfortable or one person feels put upon or whatever the case may be. Anytime either of us has a feeling of discomfort or something that we don't enjoy, we ask ourselves, do we need a policy for this? Should we change the way we look at this? And it has helped us tremendously. It's helped us in our business and it has helped us in our relationship. This episode has been sponsored by CourageousConfidenceClub.com. It's a club that I've created specifically to help people who struggle with confidence and insecurities and social settings and, and just standing up for themselves, being yourself and feeling good about it. All of us could benefit from having more confidence. I'd love for you to just experience a taste of it. So please be my guest by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. Now, if you don't feel like writing that web address down or remembering to go there later, all you have to do is while you're listening from your phone, send me a text message. The number is 949-565-4337. And that is for US residents. Then just send me the word confidence and I will send you access to this video. This video will help you to eliminate self-doubt and just feel more confident in any situation, whether it's work or personal or just your social interactions. Every one of us can benefit from having more confidence. There you'll submit your email address and I will immediately send to your inbox my latest training video where I teach you step-by-step step how to feel more confident in just about any social setting. I think you'll find this incredibly useful, whether it's business or personal or just in your everyday interactions. Confidence is something that makes life easier. It helps you to raise more confident, self-efficient children. It allows us to speak our mind, to stand up for ourselves, to do the things that otherwise we are paralyzed by fear and we just allow our own thoughts to stop us. By learning how to overcome self-doubt and fear of success, you can become that confident person that others are attracted to. The person you want to be, the person you deserve to be, the person you know is inside of you. So thank you for checking out my free tools by going to shaleenjohnson.com forward slash confidence tips. 